the one that consistently generates revenue every month is the audit. And I love that because it's a prepaid service. Person goes to my services page on my website, mm-hmm. answers the questions on the type form. They pay for it right there. I get a notification. Okay, I get their intake questionnaire and everything that they need to be done. The link to their sales page. And I just do my thing. And I am literally spending like two, three hours not writing, just really looking for what I can do to improve this page. And I send back that report and a video walkthrough telling them everything that's wrong. And that's like, it's a 1K service. It's $1,000. And that's the sweetest 1K I've ever made. Like I make it consistently. Hey everyone, I'm Emily Reagan, and you've discovered Unicorns Unite. This is a podcast for freelancers, service providers, virtual assistants, and curious listeners who would like to experience the freedom and flexibility of working virtually. We're the magic makers, movers and shakers, and the real people doing the work behind the scenes of online businesses. Welcome to Unicorns Unite. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. It's Emily Reagan, your host, a fellow freelancer and service provider. I've been working as a digital marketing assistant behind the scenes for a good 12 years now, helping my clients do big things in the backside of their business when it comes to growing their email list, their audiences, and launching their digital products. I really love being a versatile Jill of all trades when it comes to digital marketing because so much of it is related and nothing you do exists in one bubble. And I love to be in the know. I love to do all of the things. I love the challenges and I love learning. And I love teaching my students how to do the same. If you would like to learn this stuff, you are in the right place, whether you are just starting your business or you are an advanced freelancer. I like the term freelancer. I know some people don't service provider, digital marketer, all of those things. On this podcast, I love talking to other freelancers to learn how they got started, and they all have some great wisdom to share and teaching moments. And our guest today is in the same boat. I have Amisha Schremacher here, a launch copywriter who really knows her stuff. She's going to talk about how to get your prospects to choose you over the competition. We are chatting about guarantees. We are talking about the testimonials you need to boost your credibility. She's giving some sales page advice and a great idea how to make $1,000 not writing copy from scratch. I also love how she talks about getting rid of proposals forever. So all of this is in the episode we recorded just a few weeks ago over in my free Facebook group. If you're not already a member, go join because we have a weekly Facebook Lives where you can learn and it's interactive and you can ask questions. The link is in the show notes. This is a really good episode, so let's jump in. everyone, we are live with Amisha Shreemonker here to talk about how to stand out from the competition. Welcome, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Hey, Emily. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Yeah, you and I were on a couple summits together and I was excited to connect with you because, you know, we are in an interrelated field here and I have a lot of freelancers, virtual assistants who then grow up to be copywriters. They fall in love with copywriting. Sometimes we're already doing this with our clients and we don't even realize it. So Uh I like to encourage people to up level, promote and learn everything they can. So I'm so excited you're here. Would you introduce yourself and tell everyone a little bit about how you got started? Because I love hearing the transition to online stories that we all have as freelancers. Yeah, sure. So I am a launch copywriter. I studied conversion copywriting and I've been a copywriter for the last three years. So I started my copywriting business in 2018 and I was doing it, like you said, before I call myself a copywriter, honestly. And uh, I had friends like peers who were business coaches you know, because I wanted to be a business coach and not a service provider back then because I thought business coaching was more sexy. (laughs) I started my online journey in 2016 and it was right after I gave birth to my daughter. So I just knew I needed to do something that would give me the work-life balance and, you know, kind of make a good living. And I thought the internet was my meal ticket essentially. So (laughs) I had peers, you know, who would send me their landing pages and emails kind of like, you know, when I started like networking in Facebook groups and Facebook groups were like the rage back then, right? That's where you found clients. So they would send me stuff and I would look at it. They would take my suggestions and then they would see instant results. And I still didn't know that you could be paid just for doing that. This was like pre 2018. 
you know, the things we take for granted, right? So fast forward in fall of 2018, I put a stake in the ground and said, okay, I'm going to say no to everything else. And, you know, no to business coaching, group coaching programs, building $7 passive income products, because I did do that. And, you know, hoping I would make a grand every day, like, no, that doesn't happen. So, I mean, <laughs> three years ago, it, was, it wasn't such a big deal as it is now, right? With those low ticket offers and upsells and downsells and what have you. So I firmly decided that I was going to do this copywriting thing, say goodbye to everything else, figure this out. And here we are three years later, mistakes, rejections, nightmare clients, not getting paid on some products, but a lot of good stuff that's come out in all of this, like great peers, supportive community making 20K months possible. That was like a dream for me. And uh, yeah, releasing digital products. It's been a good year. The present and the future look exciting. Oh my goodness. That's so funny. I love what you (laughs) said about like the client and the work references. So what did you do before, before you had your children? I had another business. It was more of a, I wouldn't say it was an online business, but it was sort of online. It was exporting food products. It was more of the international sales and marketing. So I would go on these fancy food trade shows and have a booth. And like I had my company at the time and I would be marketing for American manufacturers, food manufacturers who were not exporting overseas and didn't see the opportunity. And I was that bridge between domestic and international. And I love to sell and I love to market, but yeah. So not exactly brick and mortar. No, but I want to explore that for a second because that's so (laughs) unusual. And I love that because so many of us come from these random paths and it's interesting to see how you find your place online. But do you have a degree in that or a marketing degree or like, how does that come about? It's interesting. I do not have a marketing degree, no formal education. I was blessed to come from an entrepreneurial family. I had seen my father work very hard and he had an import business where he would import food all kinds of food from all over the world. And I grew up visiting his warehouse, the office and seeing the food come in. And he would go on these meetings with his briefcase back in the eighties. And I was like, wow, this is like very glamorous. It really isn't. You know, when I moved to the US, I want to say in 2006, between 2006, 2008, I did a bunch of other jobs. I worked in corporate and I have to say, I really sucked. I quickly found out that I am kind of like unemployable because I was always looking for a way to do more of the selling and the marketing and kind of like have my own hours and do more of the internet stuff and send emails and make sales. I didn't even know that this was going to lead to what I'm doing today. And I was always looked down like, no, you can't telecommute or you can't work from home or, and I didn't understand, like, if I can do the same job in like a couple of hours, why do I need to go? in the cubicle. So that was my angst at the time. And I was young, no kids. And I was like, screw this. I'm going to just do something else. And uh, I always knew that I wanted to go the entrepreneurial path. I did not want to work for somebody and I didn't really have much skills. And I'm like, you know what? And I talked to my dad and he was, you know, really the great guiding force. And he's like, Hey, why don't you export, you know, contact these companies, American food companies, and uh, see if they'd like to like have this opportunity to send their products overseas. And you could do that. I'm like, yeah, I could. And kind of, you know, a lot of trial and error lessons learned. And I started that business in 2008. So yeah, but it was fascinating, but it did not satisfy the creative bone in me. And I was like, gosh, there's something else. So 2016, I'm like, okay, I'm done with exporting. I'm bored. I need to do something else because I can't just, you know, sell products overseas and kind of like negotiate pricing and all of that forever. I need to pay attention to my creative gene. And I was like, okay, what can I do that kind of like has that selling, that marketing? I like to write. What else can I do? Like, can I just explore a different business? And that's what happened in 2016. So yeah, it's been kind of like a weird journey sort of. (laughs) I think it's fascinating. And I think so many people listening to this are going to see themselves in that because I know I've been like that. It was like things were never good enough until I started working for myself. And it's not that I can't do it or I have a bad work ethic. I'm just very ambitious. I'm always trying to make things better. And I think you hit the nail on the head when you said the creative part was missing. Yeah. You know, that kind of gets me going and I need that and I need those tangible results. So I love that. And it's so interesting how you had that same skill set that you could take online. So, and kudos to your father for being that inspiration and showing you that. I think 
we didn't know this in the 90s and the 2000s that this was possible. So now everybody watching this are coming up, you know, a couple years behind us. Like they have such an advantage because <laughs> they know it's a possibility. Right. I know. So yeah, totally. Oh my gosh. So I've been taking my course to create our, you know, VA coach business seriously since about end of 2018. So I feel like we're kind of on the same timeline there. And for years, I worked for clients behind the scenes and not really promoting myself, not really having to chase clients or really like overthink any of the business side of things. So I'm excited to have you on because you wanted to talk about standing out from the competition because today's workforce is different. It is getting saturated. More and more people are chasing this, you know, freelancer entrepreneurial dream. And you have learned a lot in growing your business. And I'm excited just to like tap into your insight and teach everybody here. So let's jump into it. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So there are two ways that I look at, you know, standing out from the competition. And as you know, there's obviously there's one way, the course creator way where you're kind of like writing copy and you are writing copy that helps you stand out from other course creators, right? And then there's obviously one way as a service provider that you can do that and stand out from the competition. And I think the common theme between both of these is really the power of copy. It's really the words you choose. So which one would you want to like kind of go into? And, you know, we can talk about that. Let's talk about the freelancer angle here and knowing that people can come back to you with help when they do have clients launching and whatnot. But I'm interested in that because I know this is what my students are struggling with, like how to stand out between their social, their websites, and even those outreach emails that we kind of like touched on. Sure. So here's the thing. You could be the best at what you do, but if you don't know how to get clients and retain clients, like, you know, you're going to chronically undercharge, experience feast and famine, have challenges standing out in a sea of samesies, right? And I don't want to speak about getting clients because that's covered extensively well on your podcast and other places. And I'm sure you do it well in your course, but I want to speak about B, retaining clients. It's a known fact that it's cheaper to have recurring customers and acquiring new leads or clients. And, you know, it depends on the quality of the work you do, the results and your expertise level, there's no doubt. But it also means that you need to provide stellar customer service to new clients and prospects who are interested in working with you. And as service providers, and particularly myself, I rely on the power of email communication. And, you know, it doesn't just stop at onboarding. Yes, it means sending out timely project status updates acknowledging your clients' efforts and, you know, when they fill out the intake questionnaires and whatnot, giving you access to their content, inviting you into their Slack channel. Like I'm just citing examples here, but the point is we need to acknowledge the effort they're making to make us feel a part of their team and producing conditions that help us create favorable outcomes for why they hired us in the first place. And Of course, there are emails you need to send to prospects who've contacted you or ones you're going to turn down or even the ones you want to pitch to get on their shows like this one and projects like, you know, those really great projects. It's in the power of asking, writing your asks in your emails in such a way that they are opened and responded to, whether those requests that you make are met with a favorable response or just plain rejection. Clients are going to remember this one thing, end of the day, like how badass you were but they're also going to say what a joy it was to work with you through the duration of the project just because the way you communicated. And, you know, that's why there's a need for effective communication. Also, partly this thing that I'm a big advocate for, it came about because I'm Asian. I've been told by my parents to often play by the rules, work hard, do your best, avoid conflict, never complain, right? It's just inherent in my culture. So I, for one, have always looked the other way Whenever there's a sign of a verbal conflict or something, I want to be the nice girl. It's not something I'm necessarily always proud of, but it's just who I am. And asking for things like raising prices or quoting a big fee, like a five-figure project, was such a big no for me. It was such a hard thing for me to do in the beginning, but it's gotten so much better because I rely on scripts. I take out the drama and I have those scripts, email scripts that I use to communicate what I want, if that helps. No, that totally does. You're really hammering in what I do teach my students because it is that communication that is key. And for instance, I had somebody applying for a job and then they were waiting several days to follow up. And I'm like, no, like people are going to notice that responsiveness and that attentiveness, even if you don't have the answer right now. And so I think of little things like that 
really add up to that reputation that you're talking about. So I absolutely yeah. agree with that. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, there's a way you can maintain the balance between being professional and personal. And one thing, I'm a copywriter, so I like injecting personality into my emails. I don't want you to send boring ass emails ever, because if you're sounding like everyone else, you're not going to obviously get hired for the job. And I think the way I write my emails, professional emails, is I kind of like to inject my personality. And there are kind of like six ways you can do that. You can still be respectful, personable, and what have you. But I know when you add personality into your emails, you're definitely going to get hurt. You know, you're going to get a response from the client. So I can talk about a little bit of that. Like, what does that look like? Yeah, because I tell you, I see a lot of, I, I'll call them cover letters. They're not really not, but, you know, in this day and age, we'll call them a cover letter, those initial outreach emails. And I'm like, that doesn't make me want to have you on my team and work with you every day if you're boring and right. you're robotic. And also, how are you going to separate yourself from some of the service providers that are going overseas, right? Like, I teach my women, my students to show up as like the team player, like the person you want to be communicating with every day. And so, yeah. Do you mind talking about those six ways to No, not at all. Personality? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. So here are six ways. And of course, this is not an all, you know, not exhaustive list. You can obviously add more. So six ways, know what your personal values are. We all have them, right? Number two is have personality elements. And I'm going to kind of like give you some examples of what that looks like. Use fun elements into your copy, even if it's a professional email. So the first thing that comes up to me is a GIF. Yeah, you could use a GIF, right? Especially if you're in the online marketing space, it's a more of a casual kind of a thing. Unless you're working for a lawyer or you're in the medical practice, obviously you don't want to be that fun. So <laughs> kind of like tone down on that. Copy styling is number four. You can style your copy to kind of like draw more attention to it. You can talk about your results and success not in a braggadocious sort of a way, but in a way that it's going to kind of like get noticed. And last but not the least, it's very simple. Have a fun sign off, right? Unless again, if you're working in the, you know, the law space or medical where sign offs are like, and I've seen these like yours sincerely or yours faithfully, <laughs> you don't have to do that. You can have a fun sign off at the end of every email. And I kind of usually do with my professional emails. So that is hilarious. When I used to work for the military, I was a GS civil servant. I oh. had to end my emails with VR for very respectfully. And anti-establishment <laughs> Emily hated being told what to do. Everyone would just put VR. So I would be the rebel, Amisha, and just spell it out. Because yeah. I had to be different, but it was so stupid. So how do you end your emails? I want to go back and look. Like, what are some of the ways you do it? So... Here are a few of the ones that I've used. I've said fist pump, then my name, <laughs> your future BFF. <laughs> if this is a client that I know and I like, or, you know, I've stopped this person, even if it's a lead and I know that that's their style, they like a bit of, you know, sparkly stuff in their copy and they're okay. If they're going to get an email like this from me, which says your future BFF, I know they're not going to be offended, right? So obviously yeah. know your audience. Yeah, <laughs> I've used... I got to go. My kid ate a crayon, which is a true story. He did. in one of my emails, oh my I actually do that. There's one called rainbows and daisies make me feel malaise. I don't remember which email that was, but I have used it. It's in my scripts too. Okay. Uh, the one that I keep coming back to, which is consistent one is it's really simple and it's not unique. I've seen other email marketers use this it's first name, what I'm feeling in the middle, and then my last name. So that's my okay. typical sign off. So, okay. And I'm not saying steal these, but like, think about how you can use this, especially with like the client you're reaching out to for those of you yeah. listening. So, you know, my brain goes crazy because I work with a lot of creatives and designers. So like they would have fun with that. They would oh yeah. That for sure. Okay. So some of the other things you wanted to talk about was how to really use your writing to stand out over your competition. And you talked about a strong guarantee. And I was kind of curious, like how can freelancers use that? Like I get it when it comes to sales, but is that something like freelancers and service providers can use? That's a great question. I'm going to kind of like I'll be a little impromptu about this because okay. although we don't have a formal guarantee in place, like I think, well, at least in my contracts and my invoices, I definitely state that, that, you know, this is creative work, that there are no guarantees. Like you can't come back asking for a refund, point being. 
But I think I sell myself well enough in the email, in the pitch, as well as the sales presentation when I get that discovery call or sales call, where I kind of like walk them through the process of how I do what I do. They're kind of sold yeah, <laughs> right there. So it's really how you position yourself. So that's great. I don't really have something that I can come up as a script. I should kind of like create that and send that to you. But yeah, it's really how you sell yourself on that first call. Like, you know, this is my process. I'm not like a wordsmith because I'm a copywriter because that's what a lot of, well, not the good clients, but some people may think like, hey, she's just coming up with these things on the fly. No, I'm not a wordsmith. I have a process in place. When you work with me, this is what we're going to do. This is what I'm going to do for you. This is why I do it, right? It's not because I like to do it. (laughs) This is why we do it. So you can get this ROI. When clients hear or the prospects on a sales call, when they hear like your process is so detailed and fine-tuned and methodical, like, yeah, take my money. Like, you know, this is like so well thought of. I'm in good hands. So that itself is sort of a guarantee sort of a way. Like I stand by my work. This is why I do what I do. And this is why it's going to benefit you. So yeah, there's no formal script for that for a service provider, but it's just really how you position and sell yourself. Yeah. I asked you a hard question there and (laughs) you gave the good answer because as service providers, We all need to develop our unique methodology, our framework. And so you coming into those calls, presenting that, not necessarily giving away the strategy, but just showcases that you have a tried and true method that works and gets results. So I like that. That was a good answer. For anyone listening, can you explain like what the guarantee would be on the sales letter, the sales page? Oh yeah, sure. So a few things that you want to keep in mind you know, know your one big promise with that offer. Say it's a digital course. Like what is the single most important outcome of your offer? Like, what are you promising? So let me give you an example. Toddler will sleep 10 hours straight in 30 days guaranteed, yeah. right? So that is the promise you're making. Is it a measurable outcome? Like, you know, you want to think time, size, pounds lost, conversion, throw in a number. The more specific you can get with your guarantee, the better if you're writing for a course or whatever it is. What else? Give your guarantee a name, right? Like brand it. You could say something like, try this offer and give that offer a name, whatever that offer is, uh, risk-free for a number of days. Or I'll give you another example of the guarantee that we use in one of my clients' uh, sales pages. She's an elementary teacher. She has a membership where she teaches homeschoolers how to like keep them entertained, engage, and educate them. So it was easy as child's play. And in parentheses, we put not the movie. 14 day money back guarantee because her theme was fun and, you know, education is kind of like sort of a play. So we wanted to kind of, no pun intended, play on that theme and have that guarantee name, like easy as child's play money back guarantee. There are so many ways you can write that guarantee. Most important thing you want to keep in mind is how you're going to elaborate. You want to elaborate how you're going to reduce the risk for your buyer. So you could say something like this You've bought all the courses tested the programs out there and, you know, there's nothing quite like yours, right? You could say like, we have had thousands of people who have enrolled in this program and these are the results they've received. So there's social proof right there. Then you talk about three to five emotional, tangible wins that they're going to achieve in that guarantee period. So in 30 days, the program is like 60 days, but in 30 days, you're going to have like these top three wins. They can start visualizing, they can start like getting that message and like, wow, in 30 days, I can at least make so much progress, right? Yeah. Obviously state the guarantee length and include a, you know, snippet of how the person going to get a refund if they don't like what they enroll for. Bonus point, if you're a real badass, you could include what went into the creation of the product, like how it was made, how long it took you to come up with the program, how it's designed. You could say something like, hey, I'm a copywriter. I do this, but I didn't just create this program in the second day of my career. I've been writing copy for years. I have written like hundreds of launches and this is what went into it. And I've tested my processes. So I know this is not crappy stuff. This is like proven stuff. So talk about how it was made. That's basically it. (laughs) Oh, I love it. I know my copywriting students and friends are going to eat that up. And gosh, just talking to you, I'm like, yes, you're hired. Like come help. (laughs) So I love it. What do you think? Like, is this how you present yourself in your discovery calls? Like you just seem so confident. And I'm just wondering, like, what is it about you that makes somebody, a business owner, a client, like want to hire you? Like, what is that thing? Like, what do you think is that magic moment? For you? 
Gosh. And, you know, this took so much of iteration and, you know, I had to like get over myself and like really rehearse this for like, I've had a lot of failures until I got to this point, like kind of like now perfected it. Yeah. There are a bunch of things. So when they hear of me, whether it's a referral or whatever, I have my case studies on my website. Okay. So they go check me out there. They know I'm legit and they read my case studies. And so they kind of come prepared to the call. They're sort of pre-sold because they know what I have and what I've offered. They come excited. And then when we start the presentation, it's like, for me, it's a 10-step process. I don't remember all the 10 steps right now on the top of my head. I have this presentation that I give away. It's for free. If you kind of like get one of my products, it's a bonus. It's a sales presentation. I think it's titled How to Win Five-Figure Projects with this uh, slide deck. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I don't send proposals. I don't. I stop doing proposals. If you're pre-sold, you've filled out an intake questionnaire on my website, kind of have told you that a launch copy package is going to be like a five-figure investment. You kind of like, you know, all this coming into that call. It's easier for me to sell you. They come with that idea. They know it's going to take eight weeks for a launch copy project. They know it's a five-figure investment. They've seen the testimonials and case studies. They still sign up for that call. They come to the call knowing this information. So there is no like sticker shock. And then I go through the 10-step process like, hey, thanks for reaching out. This is why I know you reached out. This is what your project could look like. These are my steps of how I'm going to do this for you. These are the results that we've got other people like in your situation or similar situation. And that's pretty much it. And if we work on this together, this is what I'm going to bring to the table. And this is what I'm going to expect you to come to the table with. And that's it. Yeah. Set those expectations. So you're saying you're pre-vetting these people, these clients, these prospects, for lack of a better word. They're vetting themselves. They're qualifying themselves by knowing your prices ahead of time. They already know they need your service. So it's a hot buyer, really. Yeah. And I'm like, it's good to skip the proposal stage at that point, I think, because I mean, especially if you have a package. And if you know what that looks like, if you do this day in and day out, like I know what a launch copy project would look like. Yeah. doesn't matter, irrespective of the conversion mechanism, whether it's a webinar or a challenge or whatnot, but the stuff is pretty much the same. So why are we wasting time with the proposal? So that's my thing. I got rid of my proposal software early this year. I'm like, okay, I'm not renewing this. So this is how we're going to roll. I love, I want to talk about this more. So what point did you realize like you're done with a proposal? Obviously I want to inject this right now, guys, she's been at this a while. So she's very solid in her process. So she's at that point, she can do this. Like, what was that aha moment for you? I think last year, maybe after sending too many proposals and not like you said, pre-vetting those clients. So anyone who slide into my DM and say, hey, I got, you know, someone was talking about you. They said, you're amazing at this. I have a launch coming up. Shall we talk? And I'm like, yeah, let's talk. And, you know, 15, 20 minutes or maybe longer, they would tell me all the things. And I was like, okay, great. Sounds like something I can do. How about I send you a proposal by tonight and then we can go from there. And I tell you, I kid you not, Emily, I did that on a consistent basis last year. I must have sent out like so many I've lost count and not that all of them sucked and I got rejected, but very few kind of like converted. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, okay, this is like a waste of time, right? I'm not going to do this anymore. Like you put in so much of work and effort and hours into the proposal, even if it's a template, it's valuable time in a day. I was like, there's got to be a better way to do this. And I'm like, nope, now on, I'm going to pre-vet whoever's coming my way. They got to like fill this out. They got to show, it's kind of like saying, show me that you want me. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. I like it. Do some work. Yeah, right? Like, why do I have to do all the heavy lifting? Show me you're worth it sort of a deal. And yeah, it's scary because you're like, what? What if nobody comes my way? But you know what? And I think I heard this on a podcast episode that you did. Maybe was it last week or a few weeks ago that there is plenty of work out there. There are some amazing rock star clients out there, you know, and you're going to find some great work. This is not your last client, right? Or a prospect or whatever. So yeah. So just have that faith, that abundance thing, not to sound woo woo, but you know, you just got to believe. Yeah. And your hashtag, your vibe attracts your tribe, right? So totally put out there how you handle that. It really does matter in the type of clients you get. And thank you for sharing that. I know that was kind of a vulnerable, like insider moment there. But I think a lot of people are getting tired of like putting effort into that. And especially the newbies who 
I mean, we get some job leads where people don't want to pay above $20 mm. an hour. It's really sad. And I have to tell them like, let them go. They're going to yeah. go seek somebody else. Like that is not your dream client. And so it's good to hear this even at like at your five figure level that like you're running into this and that's okay. Yeah. So, oh my yeah. God, thank you for sharing. I have never been really big into proposals either. So it's kind of nice to hear that. But I also was doing things very old school for so long. I didn't have to put a lot of effort in. Like people were like begging to hire me. And so I could kind of have that like snobby attitude. <laughs> right? It just, yeah, it's like, it's not intentional, but it just puts you on a different level. And I've been noticing that this year, I'm like, I had so many sales calls this year and all with people that I was like, wow, this is like a dream client. I'm like, just that little change in your system or process. It kind of like just takes things to another level. Like you really see quality clients coming through that door, so yeah. to speak. So, oh my gosh. So good. Okay, let's just take a moment here. It's impossible to get referrals without putting yourself out there all the time. It's really difficult to have a community when you're doing the work by yourself. It's also hard to stay up to date when you're just one person and digital marketing trends, platforms, technology, and strategies change all of the time. And it's no fun having to do lead generation for your business when you'd rather be doing billable hours. So I have a solution for you. Come join my digital marketing work group. It's a tight community of freelancers, virtual assistants, digital marketing specialists who are all up-leveling in their skills, getting advanced trainings, applying for my job ops, and becoming digital marketing specialists and managers and strategists. This is an online referral community for both skilled and up-and-coming digital marketing service pros and virtual assistants. We've shared over 800 jobs with our community. We'd love to have you too. If you need client work, if you need a squad behind you, if you need help raising your prices, promoting yourself to the next level, this is the place to be. You can apply for the work group with the link in the show notes. We'd love to have you. Back to the show. Okay, while I have you, I wanted to ask you another question that you had talked about. And I was just talking about my students to my students inside my course yesterday about testimonials, but you mentioned four different types of testimonials. Do yep. you have a version of that for freelancers to help them boost their credibility? And then I want to add on top of that, what if you're new? Like, what if you're new and you don't have a lot of work or testimonials? I guess what would be the most important one? So I'm just going to dump all of that on you and shut up. <laughs> okay. So testimonials, if you're a service provider? Yeah. I think the best kind, and this may take a little bit of an investment, is to find someone who's a case study writer and write a case study for you. And I say that, I mean, of course, you can write one yourself if you're you know, good with finding out everything that you did. And you know, obviously, you've worked on the product, so you know what it is, and you can write one for yourself. But here's the benefit of hiring someone else and having them write it for you is because... They're going to look at that project, that case study project from so many different angles that you did not even imagine. They're going to ask you questions that you did not even consider. They're going to interview your client for whom you scored a win and like ask them questions that you may kind of like feel awkward asking because sometimes even if it's been a great win, like, you know, the client's like, yeah, it was great and blah, blah, blah. They may not give you that level of detail as they would to maybe a neutral party. Like, yeah, I hired her and this is what we did. And I didn't expect that she will do such a great job. And I had hesitations. Maybe the client won't exactly tell you this, but they may open up to a stranger, so to speak, and tell them things that they wouldn't tell you. And obviously it's one thing off your plate. You don't have to do it. Someone else is going to project you in the best light as possible, make you kind of like a shining star. Because when it comes to our own marketing, we kind of suck too, right? We're not going to like, you know, put in a lot of praises and it's, it's a little uncomfortable writing all that stuff, but if you can do it, awesome. But I hate writing stuff for myself. I'm like, you know what? I have a case study that I'd like to be written. I'm just going to go to my case study writer and she knows me. She knows my brand. She knows the questions to ask. She knows how to dig deep. She'll do it. So that's one thing as a service provider. Okay. You can definitely just have a simple, I would definitely want to put an authority testimonial on your sales page or services page. Like if you've worked for the big guns in your industry, make sure that that's one of the first testimonials on your website or a homepage or the services page. That authority testimonial can kind of like open so many doors. 
Okay. And people take notice like, wow, she worked with like, for me personally, it's been writing a sales page for my mentor, Julie Stoyan, Julie Christine Stoyan. And when she gave me that, yeah, I love her. I'm in her mastermind. And when she gave me her testimonial on one of my products that has like opened so many doors I've had people coming in and when I ask them and I do this for every product, if they buy, like, where did you hear of me? Oh, I heard Julie talk about you or I saw Julie's testimonial on your uh, sales page and I had to buy it. I'm like, okay. So if you worked for a big figure in your industry, make sure that testimonial is on your homepage. If you've got, gosh, there's one, but that's more for the course creator. Let me see. A before and after story, obviously, again, it could be a case study, or it could just be a simple quote, like specific numbers, like if you help them like increase, I don't know, conversions or whatever, obviously have that, like, make sure it's very specific to the kind of work you do. You don't want to vague testimonial like, oh, she was a pleasure to work with. And I highly recommend hiring her. Oh my That's God, real- have you said that because I get so many clients with sales pages. <laughs> and I'm like, this testimonial is yeah. crap. It just it doesn't help move the needle. Totally. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, it doesn't say anything. It's not specific enough and it's not relevant. Like, why should I hire you? Because you're sweet and kind. And no, that's not going to do it. So really, yeah. (laughs) The other thing on that note, you could talk a little bit about what was the experience of working with you or hiring you? Like you could say like, you know, you made it seamless or you, you know, made the complex much easier. So you could say that it just gives you the whole overall experience. Like, Hey, I hired her and she and her team made me feel so comfortable. We got this done and it was really a stress-free launch. I highly recommend it. That's great. Okay. That's telling me something. Uh, you know, she made the launch stress-free and she took care of it completely. And she has top-notch customer service. So it's kind of like experience, but it's still more relevant than like, oh, she's really nice. Right. Like I recommend her. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm so glad you said that and called it out because what kind of advice do you have for some of us who are working with these clients who have crappy sales pages and we know it? This is a loaded question, I know, but I see uh, this all the time where I'm struggling to get it designed. You know, the unicorns were such a hybrid. We can do a little bit of that and that, but eventually we know it's not good enough. They need the expert. They need the specialized. So like, what could we even, what can we do? Like improving their sales page? You mean? Yeah, yeah. And I'm not trying to, I want you to say hire it out. I do, but how do we know if it's like at that point we need to hire it out or tell our clients like, look, like your launch is going to be much more successful Mm -hmm. with help. Here's the thing. Here's what I like to think about when it comes to sales copy. I feel, and not because I'm biased or anything, but I feel like if you can nail your sales copy, so in a launch, that's the first thing I do for clients. If I write their sales copy, because sales copy and offer creation are like two things that go hand in hand, right? You can't think about your offer and not think of sales copy and benefits and all that. It just comes pouring out. So the easiest thing to do is to tackle the sales copy first. Once that's done, that sales copy is repurposed into your Facebook ad copy, your email copy, your launch email copy, you know, your webinar registration page, because you're really pulling the goodness out of your offer and kind of like, you know, putting it everywhere else. So the first thing, really get that done. And if that is done well, everything else is seamless. Like I can take my sales page copy and I can like tweak it and put it into all different mediums, all different parts of my funnel. It's just simple. And I'll also say this. I mean, it depends. If the person's had a launch before, if it's a first time launch and they're watching their budget and, you know, they're like not sure and, you know, they're icky and all that stuff, then maybe they write the copy themselves, right? They don't have it in their budget to hire a professional copywriter to write it. But if this is a busy person, you know, who had a six-figure launch and is done doing everything themselves, like there's a lot involved. Give it to a professional, hire a professional, have them do it. They will make it so wonderful (laughs) and so seamless for you. Yeah, I like what you said about you can repurpose it from there. because, Like I feel like some of my best, oh, this isn't going to come out right, Amisha, but I'm pretty good with Facebook ad copy if I have that first sales page. Like I can totally extract it from there, but I need right? those clients to have their act together. And I just see this gray zone where people aren't quite there with their launches, but like their first round of copy, second round of copy isn't good enough. So I think this is interesting just to kind of 
point that out. And I know that people watching this, sometimes we just need people in our network who to refer. So I'm like, glad you're on the show for that reason alone. So thank you. Cause there's a lot, there's a lot that goes into it. I remember when I wrote my first big time sales page and I'm a journalism major PR person. Like I love writing, but oh my gosh, I have never done such deep brain work in my life <laughs> Like after. And I thought it would take me like two hours. It took me all day. And it wasn't even like your level amazing, but I just, I was shocked at how much effort that took. And I get it. And I don't know, some of our clients just don't, they just don't understand. I hear you. What I do is the easiest way to do this, to come over this, like if you have VAs who are copywriters, Emily, and if the client comes with a crappy looking sales page and they're not ready to invest the big bucks, but even if they can be okay with fine tuning it and getting it tweaked, one of the easiest things to do is to sell them an audit. Say like, hey, you know what? Let me audit your sales page right now. (laughs) Not right now. Let me audit your sales page copy and let me come back to you in terms of how we can optimize it. Okay, you can't hire somebody, but you can definitely optimize it so it's a little better. I have done this with my own clients. Like they would come in and these were like successful entrepreneurs, right? But they just didn't, how do I put it? Value the copywriting as much, but they were okay to part with a little bit of money to just get their sales page audited and told what needs to be tweaked. And they were good with that. So sometimes, you know, you will get clients who are not ready to like hire a copywriter to like write everything because that can be a little expensive and depending who you talk to. But if you can sell them an audit and, you know, say like, I'm going to take a look at your page, what's working, what's not. And I'll tell you exactly everything that you can fix then, you know, they're more likely to say like, yeah, I can sign up for that. That's an easier sell, right? The best thing about an audit, it does not even take you writing. I know it sounds counterintuitive, like you're a copywriter, right? Shouldn't you be fixing copy? Not really. The only thing you're doing in an audit is like looking if the sales page has a big idea that's been communicated. So often, more often than not, I'm looking at a sales page and say it's for a life coach. And it looks like every other life coach's sales page copy. Like I will get you clients, even if you're new. That's great, but that promise doesn't sell anymore, right? So I know right off the bat that that sales page is missing a big idea. It's missing a a unique value proposition. I know all these things and I can tell them. The client may not know this. Then the report tells them exactly everything that they're missing. The only copywriting I'm doing in that report or that audit is like, I'll propose, hey, let's work with, this headline, or let me give you five variations of a headline. I will maybe rewrite a small section of that sales page. And the easiest thing for me to rewrite is the guarantee section that I just discussed with you right now. A lot of the times the guarantee is like, if you're not satisfied, we'll give you your money back. That's a very (laughs) sucky guarantee. Like, what do you mean satisfied? (laughs) It doesn't tell me anything, right? So I'll look at that guarantee. And that's the easiest thing for me to rewrite as a copywriter, because that's one of the things that I promise in the audit. Hey, I'll rewrite a tiny section of your sales page. I will give you options for a new headline and maybe even some of the crossheads tell you what you can do to improve your page visually. So all of these things, and when they get that report and a video, like, wow, like this is everything that's wrong with my page. And oh, wow, look, she rewrote my guarantee. I have done this with clients and they've seen improvements. And then they come back and they're like, those suggestions were so great. I can't do them all. Can you write my copy for me? Upsell. (laughs) Right? There you go. So the audit, I mean, I can't speak highly enough of it. That's good. So are you still taking audit clients? You do that? I am. I do. It's been one of my most consistent revenue generators. I was like, I did a takeaway email just two weeks ago to my list, like, you know, just kind of giving them the lowdown of like how I generate revenue in my business. And my most expensive service is the launch copy, which is a done for you thing. And it's a five-figure investment. I obviously have my digital products. That's not bringing me gold coins, right? Yeah. But the one that consistently generates revenue every month is the audit. And I love that because it's a prepaid service. Person goes to my services page on my website, Mm -hmm. answers the questions on the type form. They pay for it right there. I get a notification. Okay. I get their intake questionnaire and everything that they need to be done. The link to their sales page. And I just do my thing. And I am literally spending like two, three hours, not writing, just really looking for what I can do to improve this page. And I send back that 
report and a video walkthrough telling them everything that's wrong. And that's like, it's a 1K service. It's $1,000. And that's the sweetest 1K I've ever made. Like I make it consistently. That's awesome. And now people here know where to send their clients. So thank you. I have to tell you something. I used to work for Jennifer Allwood for six years and she would hire a Sarah Anna Powers on. And then I would get the video and I would make the changes. And that's how I started to learn copywriting ah. through somebody like you <laughs> inadvertently because you know me, I like I'm constantly learning and soaking it up and trying yeah. to understand like, why are we changing things and looking at the before and after. So mm-hmm. tell everyone, because I think you have a program opening up where we can start learning copywriting skills. Yeah. So I'm super excited. I have a program. It's called the Audit Superstar. It's a four-week boot camp and two weeks of learning and two weeks of real hardcore implementation. Like, And it's only focused on looking at sales pages and auditing sales pages and how do you audit it. I'm going to give you my checklist, my framework. When you have these checklists and frameworks in place, it's very easy to know what you're going to look into an audit and how you can optimize it and the deliverables that you need to give your clients that will knock their socks off. So they come back to you and say like, hey, can you write everything for me? So yeah, it's a four-week thing. It starts November 15th. So the cart opens November 8th. Okay. And for when we repurpose this podcast, when do you think it will open in 2022? Or do you have a plan? Or do you want to just say something generic I can edit in later? Oh my gosh, I've been asked this on like every podcast and like, you know, uh, when are you going to offer this again? Truth being, maybe Q1. I just don't know what month it is. But yeah, the good thing is if you get in right now, which I know by the time this goes, it's going to miss that date. If you get in right now, you're grandfathered into the price that you get. It's $4.97 and you have access to all the future upgrades. Like, you know, we'll look at webinar funnels, how to audit those, how to audit your website copy, your email copy, launch copy, Facebook ad copy, all the good stuff that will kind of like be an upgrade in months to come. So, but yeah, it will be offered again in Q1, I hope. Okay, so join the wait list. If you missed it, join her wait list to sign up for that. I love that because that is... Like you said, that next step for somebody who's focusing on copywriting, and this could be an easy way to, I don't want to say easy, but this would be a good way to get those clients to upsell eventually, you know, by offering this service that is tangible. Like you could get in, how do we want to say this with the clients who aren't ready to go with the five figures? Like they're not going to hire you if you're brand new anyway. So I feel like this is a good way to attract the right kind of client who will hire you so you can get the ball rolling and then build your business up to five figures. I think I said it better there. (laughs) You did. You knocked it out of the park. I also want to say one more thing that this is one of those things, and this is my big idea with this, and I'm super passionate about it, is that copywriters are often kind of like relegated to like maybe a wordsmith, maybe like, you know, fingers to the keyboard thing. And you're like typing, 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 typing to like write copy. This one is where you are getting paid for what you think. It's like a whole different thing. You're not getting paid to write. You're bringing out your creative genius and dropping copywriterly knowledge bombs. Like this is everything that's wrong with the page. When you come from that positioning, the client sits up and says like, oh, she's not just an order taker. She's a strategist. She's telling me ideas of how I can improve this, not just copy best practices, but like, how can I improve my offer? Like I do sales page audits where I'm kind of like, your offer sucks. I don't say that. That's why your funnel isn't converting. And that's why the sales page is tanking because your offer needs restructuring. Like notice the difference when you come from that place versus like, okay, who's your ideal client and what are their pains and problems and hopes and dreams? And I'm just going to write copy and here you go, right? It's a different person. It's like you're a collaborator. You're a co-creator with the client. Like, hey, I'm in this. I'm a strategic partner. I'm not just an order taker writing copy. If that makes sense. It totally does. Before you even said that word, I was already writing down the word strategist because that is that level we're moving into. And then it becomes a blurred area when you talk about launches, like you're looking at funnels and conversions and all of that. So I, you're speaking to me for sure, because I I like that level and I don't want to necessarily start from scratch and then hammer it out or, you know, compute it out. Like you're talking about with the basic copywriting. I shouldn't even say basic, but you know what I mean? Yeah. So I love that. And that's where the bigger bucks are when you can come on that strategy consultant level for people who are a little bit newer freelancers who are still kind of like getting their feet wet. Mm-hmm. Tell everyone about the email scripts you have to help them deal with some of those client challenges and where they can download that. 
Yeah, awesome. So I'm going to, I don't know if you have the link to it, but I'm going to give you the link. When you sign up for that, it's a lead magnet and you get three word for word email scripts. And one of the scripts is to help you outsmart scope creep. Like if you run into that situation, the other script is when you are increasing your package pricing and you kind of like have so much of drama coming up just to communicate that information. And the third is how you can break up with the client, even if they're lovely. If you are interested in the whole thing, like I have 50 scripts, it's on my website. It's for every situation you can think of, like the why should you hire me email. I have a 10K cold pitch email that I send. I have how to get on podcasts like this one, emails, you know, reminder emails, like how to turn away people who want to just pick your brain for free and kind of like direct them to a paid session, those kind of emails. Like I have like for 50 situations from my own business born out of my own misery. So. So like don't overthink it. Don't reinvent the wheel. Use scripts that work, you know, have a database where you can copy and paste these and free up your time. I love that. Right. I was born out of your own misery. And I don't know why. I mean, I see this with my students. It's so hard to raise prices. I oh, get yeah. that question a lot. Yeah. So that's awesome. How much is that script package? The paid product is $97, $97 for 50 scripts. That's nothing. Girl, that's nothing. But that's no. so helpful. <laughs> and then you can also get these three main ones too. I put the link here. It'll be in the show notes. You can go download that right now and apply it to your business and stop overthinking it. Just fill in your stuff and hit send. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Take the drama out of it. Yeah. Yeah. This has been so much fun. I have appreciated you sharing your knowledge with everybody. I am like totally impressed by you and your brain and just your desire to help people. So thank you so much. Any parting words? No, just uh, have a ball. I don't know. <laughs> Do your Where, thing. Where's the best way to connect with you? I know I'm friends with you on Instagram. Yeah. So Instagram is where you find me. By the way, my company name is The Copy Crew. That's the name of my website too, thecopycrew.com. And that's the same handle on my Instagram. You'll find me on Facebook too, but I'm more likely to hang out on Instagram. So yeah, ping me there. Okay. Awesome. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for being here. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for having me. All right, thanks for joining me on the show. If you're interested in picking up client work, doing advanced trainings, and being in my referral network, please apply to be in the Digital Marketing Work Group. That link is below. I'm looking for freelancers and service providers, virtual assistants and marketing assistants who already have paying clients and need the community to help them get to the next level. And I also share job opportunities over there so you don't have to be chasing clients. Go ahead and apply. If you enjoy the show, I would love a review. Hit subscribe so you make sure you get the next episode because next week we are talking to a seven-figure membership site owner. She's going to give you insight to what those businesses look like, how she uses independent contractors to help her, and you are going to love her. I can't wait for you to meet her next week. I'll see you then. If you want to start earning income as a digital marketing service provider or digital marketing assistant, you only need your laptop. You can tap into what online business owners really need help with by downloading my top 10 most requested tasks. These are the services I did for years for my clients behind the scenes. You can take this download and apply it to your own business and start by offering these very same services. If you want to niche down in digital marketing, this is your guide. Just use the link in the show notes or go to emilyreaganpr.com slash services. I will go into, because a lot of the times the guarantee is like, so yeah. what, like, and definitely, I don't know what I'm saying.